And here we are, inside the legendary Kickabout boot room. Mickey Weed, how are you? I'm fine, Gordon. Joe Tortolano, how are you? Fantastic. Uh, listen, I've got a wee nip in uh, one of the boots. Would you like a wee dram? Oh, yeah, yeah. Mickey, what would you like a wee orange juice? Yes, an orange juice would be fine <laughs> for me. Could you explain who we've got coming in to the boot room? Who's Tonight, coming? Gordon, we've actually got the great Peter Cormack. Fantastic. In the boot room, so we're going to have a chat with him. Well, just like, I hope, I'm just going to open this door and I hope he is here. Is Peter Cormack in the boot room? Here he comes! It's Peter Cormack! <laughs> <laughs> Peter, that's one of my first questions if I had to give you a little bit of hospitality in the kickabout boot room. What tipple? What would be your pleasure? Um, just a can of lager would be fine. Uh, <laughs> that can be arranged. <laughs> Peter Cormack, listen, Peter, you're Gordon Dallas, Mickey Weir, Joe Tortolano here. We're talking about debuts. I don't know if you saw the game on Saturday with the one or two debuts for the Scotland against Holland. I think Ross McCormack acquitted himself yeah. very well. And I was thinking because we knew you were going to come on the show. Do you remember your uh-huh. club? And country debuts, do you still remember them? Um, vaguely. It's a long time ago. But um, I think my first game for Hibs first team was when I was 16. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going way back. I think we won 4-2 and I think I scored one of the goals that day. Oh, that scoring yeah. goal, he said you! Oh, I will. You've got to, eh? <laughs> And, uh, of course, your, your country, you, you, you turned out for Scotland. Do you remember that? My first cap, funny enough, was uh, against, obviously, some of my heroes and probably some of yours as well, was uh, against uh, Brazil. So, obviously, Pelly, uh, Gerson, whose jersey I got that day, which is in the cabinet. So, um, they, well, obviously, they were a lot of people's favourites at that time, you know, the great Brazilian side. So um, I think that was my first cap at hand. What's a cap you Now they were on their way to the '66 World Cup, if I'm not much mistaken. How did you um, how did you get on against them? What was the game like? What do you remember of it? Well, it was really exciting for me because they were all my heroes, you know, and I think probably world champions, you know. I think so. Um, I think we drew. I think we drew that game. It was either one-one. I'm sure it was a draw. So. In the end, it was a good result for Scotland, you know, but um, I think they went on to win the World Cup then. Was the um, gulf between Scotland and Brazil as big as the gulf between Scotland and Holland on Saturday? And one answer, yes. Mm-hmm. Sure I would say so, yeah. I think, um, no, I think... Maybe not quite as bad as what it was on Saturday, you know, I think, um, I think everybody expected um, that sort of result. We obviously got Holland, the Dutch, they've got always a lot of good international players and we're scrambling to get a side together, you know, so I think the gap is quite big at the moment, you know, and we've got a lot of catching up to do. But I think then we had a lot of good players then, a lot of good international players, good club players. And I think we were a lot stronger then in these days. So. Before I pass you on to Mickey Weir and Joe Tortolano, can I ask you just some of the names that you remember when you were uh, making your debut for Scotland? Who are, the, who are the guys in the team that some of our listeners may recall? Well, obviously, Dennis Law, Tim Baxter, John Gregg, eh? Henderson, um, Willie Johnston. Um, oh, Not bad players, eh? <laughs> Not bad setup, is it, Peter? We could do it too no, there, there was a lot of good quality yeah, players then, you know, and a lot of good uh, 
international players then that could play at that level. You know, I think they were all quite comfortable, obviously, Baxter and Greg. Proven, you know, they were really good quality players with Jimmy Johnston, Henderson. So you had quality as well on the wings, which you wouldn't get now, you know. So I think it was very important in these days that you had width and you had winger sprints. So mm-hmm. a lot of the clubs have got that now, you know, that there's no many guys can go past somebody and take people on, like Willie Henderson and Jimmy Johnston, and, you know, others that we, we had uh, um, trying to think of ones that. Willie Morgan and that at Man United, so there was a lot of good good players, you know, it was difficult to pick the Scottish team then, whereas now, I think it would pick itself, you know. That's right, yeah, that's true. Peter, you're talking about your international career, I know you go to watch the Hibs quite frequently, like myself, when I can get along. What do you think the current Hibs side at the moment, what would you think, what do you think we need, what's the weaknesses of the side to push us up a bit, Peter? Well, I think if we get if we get along early enough, Michael, Michael we might get again. <laughs> um, no, it is very difficult because we've sold all their best players now. Right. You know, I think we were we went through that period that we were all moaning and saying, well, you know, we get our young players, we bring them through, which Hibs Hearts, what is well, no provisional clubs, but they bring they bring all a few good youngsters, and then we, we, we've lost about five. You know, within what six months. You know, our best quality players when we've just been getting a good hub side together again. So we're, we're really back to scratch again. And I think that's the annoying thing for supporters and that, you know. That's the thing for me, Peter, is that I think they underestimate, you know, yourself being at club as well, is they underestimate the, the pressures of playing with hubs, you know. They underestimate it as a big club and you, you can't just bring an ordinary football player, no disrespect to them, to a Birmingham football club. They've got to have got some kind of stature, eh? Well, that's right, Michael, because when you look back to our times and yeah. before us, uh-huh. Hibs were always involved in Europe, that's you know, right. so that's even right. you go back to, well, Smith, Riley, Bald and Ward, perhaps, you know, the Edinburgh clubs were more so, Hibs were involved in Europe all the time, so they were used to playing against Barcelona and teams like that, that well, I used to go and watch as a laddie, you know, so even in my times, playing Naples or the teams but we were always involved in Europe whereas now it's you know it's not going to happen you know there's no many no many supporters or people going to see the Edinburgh clubs in Europe you know which we were fortunate enough okay and like say Joe Baker's time and people like that so um, I just don't think it's going to be a long time till we get we get that again hey, Peter it's Joe here um, it's just um, when they were playing at the Liverpool um, do you think that at this present time Liverpool have got the credentials to lift the championship? Sure, so, uh, honestly, I've seen them a few times. I've been down, and ov- well, obviously we've been involved at Liverpool, and well, obviously my highlights were at, at, at Liverpool with, with the things I won and achievements. But I don't think we're just quite good enough at the moment. You know, I don't, I don't think we've got enough firing power to, you know, the finishing to score goals. So I think they're getting there, but there's something lacking. You know, I still uh-huh. think we've not got enough front players scoring enough goals. You know, I think Man United still ahead of us, Chelsea. Um, so it's difficult. And I, I want, well, to answer your question, no, I can't see them. I think they depend too much on Torres and Gerrard. Well, that's exactly it. You know, they're... they're well, world-class players to me, but we've only got the two now, Torres and Gerrard. And defending, you know, more so if uh, Torres is out, yeah. who's the front player, but he's not scoring a lot of goals, you know, whereas Gerrard's 
well, one of my favourite players, you know, um, will produce it wherever he plays, you know, and he's consistent all the time, and um, he can get goals, good, great captain, you know, and well, obviously one of the best players Liverpool have got at the moment. Absolutely, but you you were there just for our younger listeners, uh, Peter. You were there for four years, at Liverpool. Some of the your highlights you, you touched on it there, but what do you remember of that time? That maybe some of our uh, younger listeners won't recall. Well, obviously, for anybody going to one of the top clubs, and I was fortunate, I got transferred to Liverpool, and then um, just signed Keegan just at the same just after me. So the two of us arrived together. We had Magic Winger and Stevie Highway, you know, with a fabulous goalkeeper. World, well, I thought he was the best in the world at that time, Clemens. And we went on my first season to win the league. So I was fortunate in my five year I won. We won the league twice. I won two UEFA Cups and an FA Cup so, and two Charity Shields. So in any, any footballer's career, I think to win your own championship, the league is the highlight. But the highlight for me is. Well, for any player playing in England, was to win the FA Cup when we beat Newcastle um, at Wembley. So I had a lot of good memories there and winning things, you know. So like present day players, there's not many of them could say they've won the league twice at Liverpool and two UEFA Cups at Liverpool and an an FA Cup. So can I ask a you lot of good a lot of good memories and a lot of real world class players there oh, and it was also and I'll bring Joe and Mickey into this this was a time when the uh, the north south uh, there was not a, a divide there was actually a lot of players from here going down there well, Peter I, I think was Peter it? makes a good point uh, the Liverpool side I was watching 1974 on the ESPN the other day doing your research Mickey I was watching Peter <laughs> driving himself into that box looking for the back post there but <laughs> the players that I mean the boy Callaghan Peter you know Oh, a great, great engine. I want great. A great oh, fantastic. Yeah, you, everybody would want them in their team. Yeah, I suppose if you were saying picking the best Liverpool mm-hmm. team of all time, the, the, everybody or everybody who played with them would have put Callaghan in the team. You're right there, Michael. Great so engine, many, up oh, and down, never got so tired. And simple, he could, he could give you work. Uh, well, he used to play as a winger. He was an outside right, but uh, clever player and use, use of the ball was great. But a great professional. Peter, I watched the side and honestly, they had Tommy Smith at right back and his first tackle, he put the boy right out the pitch. It had been off. Seen the modern day, ah. red card, and the guy just got up, dusted himself down and went on with the game. But the game has changed so much, but I'm looking at their players, Peter, and honestly, I'm agreeing with you. I think Gerard would be the only player who would get close to playing on that side. Kevin Keegan oh. out front and... oh. Unbelievable. Yeah, you're, you're right, Michael. When you think, um, you know, if you had Toshak and Keegan, you know, and, and mm-hmm. playing up front, they had a good combination. You had Highway giving you the work that could go past anybody and get crosses in. Then you had Callaghan, myself, and Emlyn Hughes in the midfield. So we had a good engine room in there. We had uh, Larry Lloyd at the back, a good centre half, done his job. As I said, we had the best goalkeeper. And well, for me in the world, then and Clements, and we had two really good full backs, and Alec Lindsay and Chris Lawler, they were good like, midfield players on the ball. You know, they didn't just smack the ball apart, no, they could dink no. balls into front players, and you could join in, so they were, they were really all good, good, good footballers as well. But the interesting thing, Peter, I must finish on this, I was talking to the boys about it, Liz. There was an injury <laughs> at the halfway line, Peter, honestly, as a player got injured. <laughs> And uh, the trainer come on, it was for Leeds at the time, the trainer come on, 
Mm-hmm. And rather nowadays there'd be about eight people with a stretcher. The trainer just took, gave him, put him on his on his shoulders, near on his shoulders, and just t- took him right off. And that was that. <laughs> no, nowadays you've got eight nine people doing the same job. Mm-hmm. Peter, unbelievable games we've done so much, you know. But but thank you for well, for, for coming on tonight, Peter. That's been a yeah. I call for you guys, no problem. Brilliant stuff. That's Peter. More terrifying than poltergeist. They're here. Who are you? Who are you? <laughs> More relentless than the Terminator. I'll be back after this word from our sponsor. More lives than a bag of cats. Yeah. It's alive! It's alive! The kickabout. We dug up the corpse, gave it an abnormal brain, shot it through with lightning, and set it loose as a podcast. The kickabout. Don't run! Don't run! It'll find you anyway! 